0: Medical Education Podcast listeners. This is Kevin Eva, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal. Coming to you today in, well, not in person on the recording, but I'm in person with Nicola Brennan, who's an Associate Professor in Medical Education Research at the University of Plymouth. We're both in Birmingham, England, because we came over for the Association for the Studies of Medical Education Conference. And I just decided to take full advantage of being able to chat with you in person, Nicola. So thanks for joining me. Yeah,
1: a really good idea to be able to do it face to face, isn't it? Yeah. Zoom or whatever. Especially now that we can. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Nowadays.
0: Exactly. <laughs> the paper that we're going to discuss for those of you listening is called Graduates Preparedness for the Changing Doctor-Patient Relationship. A qualitative study. It'll be in the August 2023 issue of Medical Education. But before we get into that, Nicola, maybe I'll just ask you about ASME and your experience here. What brought you to this conference and how are you enjoying it?
1: Yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. I really like the ASME conference because it's a great way to just get in touch with all the research that's happening here in the UK and to network with loads of different people and meet up with friends that I've met over the years. I really enjoyed it. It's nice and small. It's very collegiate and it's, it's good fun. People like karaoke here. So. <laughs> if we're into
0: that. <laughs> yeah, too many people are, it appears. <laughs> so transitioning from that into the actual paper. Graduate's preparedness for changing doctor-patient relationship. You mentioned very early in the paper that there's a perception that's been changing over the years and just curious as to what gave you that perception and what is the perception?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think that's what really sparked my interest because this paper is, I suppose, an output from a larger study funded by the General Medical Council. It was commissioned research. Um, They kind of advertised the tender as, you know, the changing doctor-patient relationship being a really important aspect in the future role of the doctor so basically there was a report published called the future doctor report and this was named as one of the big things that um, doctors need to be prepared for in the future and at the time it got me thinking but how is it changing in in what way is it changing and so we carried out the research to try and understand that a little bit more and how graduates were prepared for for that aspect
0: yeah because the doctor patient relationship seems like it's been something that people have been talking about for ages it they were presenting it as something that's new and needed to have different forms of training.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, until you know how it's changing, how can you prepare graduates for it? And equally, it's constantly changing, isn't it? And it changes in different contexts, depending on the patient, depending on, you know, the, I don't know, location. it's Yeah, it's quite interesting.
0: In the interest of giving listeners some perspective on what lens you're bringing to the topic, I know you're PhD trained, but what was your background in in terms of the way that you came into this project, thinking about that relationship?
1: So I have a social science background. I did a PhD in geography. And then I started working in medical education over 16 years ago. So I suppose I have a social science kind of perspective. I'm not a clinician. So I'm trying to think how that impacted on things. It just, I suppose, made me very open to to all possibilities and all interpretations of what it may actually mean. Hmm. Okay.
0: So you set out to explore, Lower stakeholder perspectives and yeah. what stakeholders seemed important.
1: So, the doctors themselves and um, their educational supervisors, we also interviewed deans of medical schools, which I think was a major limitation now looking back. And it was something that when I was writing this paper it became really, really evident. Like, I'm sorry, we didn't include more patients. So, we had some patient representatives in the study. Well, considering it was about the changing doctor patient relationship, I think we should have had more mm-hmm. in hindsight. And it's actually very difficult to engage patients in research anyway.
0: Right. And so a variety of specialties, or was it a particular context that you drew the doctors from?
1: No, it was just a broad kind of from foundation year one and foundation year two doctors across the UK. So England, Ireland, or Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales. We tried to get like the four nations in terms of like locations. You know such so as broad geographical spread.
0: So how did you set about questioning them around the doctor-patient relationship? Was it primarily about their training or their experiences or were you trying to hide your purpose in any way? No
1: not at all it was quite a very straightforward interview schedule in that we just asked them how they felt the doctor-patient relationship was changing how prepared they actually felt for the changing doctor-patient relationship and like what do they think were the key skills or capabilities that they needed for it. And it was interesting because some of them couldn't actually say how they thought the doctor-patient relationship was changing, which was quite a valid point really because they've only been in clinical practice a year, two years. Obviously, they're undergraduate training, but actually, you know, practicing as qualified doctors. So some of them felt... I don't know if we can actually answer this question. So a lot of the time, they drew on what they'd heard from their, you know, supervisors or colleagues and stuff like that. But then others were quite clear about how they felt it was changing. So
0: the the notion of there being a relationship that was important, everybody was able to respond to. It was the differences over time. That yeah, somewhere... I think it was okay. at the
1: time dimension that they kind of struggled to. Sometimes they're like, oh, we've only been practised two years, so we, we can't really say much. But then others were able to reflect on kind of what they'd learned. Varied responses. Yeah. But I think that having the broader kind of sample of stakeholders meant we were able to answer that research question.
0: And what stood out to you is most interesting with respect to the things that they did say when they felt confident?
1: I suppose even the fact that they felt that, you know, even though there was this push towards shared decision-making, they were quite clear that that was really strongly related to the age of the patient and that older patients really did not really want to engage in shared decision-making at all. Mm. And they just deferred it to the doctor and just wanted to be told what to do, which I found quite interesting.
0: Well, and I guess in a way I hadn't really thought about before, that might indicate change to them by virtue of how patients of different age groups, different generations were interacting with them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think for me, one of the most interesting parts that I found was around that whole um, patient empowerment. Um, So this was identified as a key skill that doctors need to have in the kind of future doctor-patient relationship that they're talking about. But there was very little understanding of what is meant by patient empowerment and even there was a systematic review conducted on the area and a whole lot of confusion kind of conflating shared decision making and patient empowerment and patient-centeredness and how all these different concepts fitted in together. And I think writing this paper really helped me kind of distinguish between the three and how they all fit together what's most important for the graduates. And that was the one area they didn't really feel prepared for. Patient-centeredness was kind of a key part of patient empowerment. It was seen as like the precondition or the prerequisite that was needed for patient empowerment. And the graduates, they felt prepared for the shared decision-making. They felt prepared for communication, which was another key skill but a lot of them didn't feel prepared for this patient empowerment. And I think a lot of it was due to the fact that it's kind of seems to be more of a new capability or skill that's now expected of graduates, mm-hmm. and it's only made its way into the kind of capabilities frameworks that are from the GMC. And then they didn't really feel prepared for it, but then the other stakeholders that we interviewed were like, well, they don't need to be prepared for it because that's not something that's expected of them in the early stages of training. Mm-hmm. So I still think there needs to be a lot more research to try and understand and unpick all of that.
0: Mm. And sorry, can I just make sure I understand? So you said that you've come to better appreciate the difference between shared decision-making, patient-centeredness and patient empowerment. Yeah. How are you currently thinking about the difference between those three?
1: So I see patient-centeredness and shared decision-making as being a prerequisite to patient empowerment. So it's kind of like a continuum, I suppose, that these things need to be in place before you can actually empower a patient. You Mm -hmm. need to be engaging in shared decision-making. You need to be patient-centered in order for them to be in a position to actually empower the patient.
0: So the empowerment is a broader concept of enabling them to go and do things as opposed to just making a choice. Yeah. Yeah, I see.
1: Yeah.
0: And from what you heard from any of your participants, do you have a feel for what direction we might need to head to reach the end that you're talking about of better Teaching about patient empowerment and ways to teach or what do you want to know to think about how to proceed
1: yeah. i think more in-depth interviews with the doctors particularly on patient empowerment would be really beneficial and possibly applying a, like a realist evaluation approach to kind of understand the kind of different contexts in which patient empowerment works or doesn't work
0: mm. that's a uh good tantalizing place for us to wrap up, I think, things. We can leave a little bit of intrigue and hopefully encourage some listeners to look at the paper and think for themselves too about where this might head. So again, to give listeners the details, I encourage all of you to go and read Graduate's Preparedness for the Changing Doctor-Patient Relationship, a Qualitative Study. And again, Nicola Brennan is the voice that you've been listening to sharing this exciting work. So congratulations, and we'll look forward to seeing what
1: comes next. Brilliant. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for the opportunity.